Hey guys, this is Din. And this is Rich. And welcome to Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast. So, we have some special stuff for you guys today. We have a new edition of the Keaton Quiz. Woohoo! And for our mailbag, we have some voice submissions for us that we're always looking for more of. It's so great. And we have um, a couple, uh, well, new submissions from people we haven't heard for, from before. All right, so let's get to it. So the first submission that we have today is from a forum user named DLC. And he wants to talk to us about his uh, theory of Skyward Sword. Alright, take it away. Sup ZD, this is DLC, and today I'll be talking to you about a theory um, about Skyward Sword. Now, um, things we know about Skyward Sword um, is that... Um, well, the premise is Link's boy in Skyloft, and he's sent down uh, to stop turmoil in the land below, um, presumably Hyrule. Um, and we know that it comes before Ocarina of Time. Now, Ocarina of Time, um, they reference something uh, called the Hyrulean Civil War. And um, now my theory is that, is that turmoil in the land below um, is... Um, well, is that it is the Hyrulean Civil War, and Link has to go down and stop it. Now, uh, to all you uh, Majora's Mask people, that would offer up um, a lot of NPC side quests, like solving conflicts between two people or and helping them in uh, times of war. Um, and that would just be insanely cool. Um, also, um, well, you know uh, that creepy... Um, well, you know uh, the, the white-haired... A uh, guy in the GDC trailer with the purple eyeshadow and the strange robe. Yeah, he, um, he, well, you know, if you hadn't known what the guy looked like and what he was in, if you just randomly heard, like, and you know, uh, the creepy guy in the, like, with the white hair, the strange robe, and the purple eyeshadow, now, that would seem incredibly weird. Um, and it still does seem incredibly weird. Um, but, uh, what if he, um, I think it's he. Um, Well, what if he um, had orchestrated uh, the whole Civil War uh, to meet some sort of goal or something? That'd be really cool, because you'd actually have a smart villain instead of saying, Sup, Sup Link, like, this is Ganon. Um, I captured the princess. Now, um, save her. You know? It's, It's just how I roll. Anyway, um, and that would also be cool um, if the main villain had better AI, uh, so, um, so so we could push a pretty hard final boss battle. Um, now, uh, another thing with the Hyrulean Civil War is, of course, it could explain the Hyrulean Civil War and basically the backstory of Ocarina of Time. Um, and what if the Sheikah betrayed the royal family here, and that's why they added the teardrop um, to their symbol, which I'm pretty sure they talk about and talk about. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, so yeah. Um, now, um, my twin brother Ganon Slayer, um, he thought of a theory um, that what if, well, um, that Link from Skyward Sword is Link from Ocarina of Time's father. Now, there are a couple problems with that. 
one, um, Link's, well, Link from Ocarina of Time's fa uh, mother came fleeing from the Hyrulean Civil War. So that would mean that um, Link failed in his quest um, if his wife is fleeing from the war, um, and kid for that matter. Or that um, <clears throat> Link had, um, well, got a wife and um, had a kid in the game. Um, yeah, to those of you who know what I'm talking about, that's incredibly awkward. Um, and, like, and I, I highly doubt that, um, that would work. Also, uh, that really depends on the time difference between the two games. So, um, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, that was my submission. And, um, I'm pretty sure I posted a thread like this. So if you guys wanted to share your opinions, you can go over to that. I'm pretty sure that I posted it in the wrong category, though. But that's, that's just how I roll. Uh, so this is DLC, signing off. Thank you, DLC, for your submission. Thank you very much for your insights into what potentially could be in Skyward Sword. There's so much debate, hey? Just, we all have to wait and see, but we got, everybody's got a different theory. We just need the game to come out. That's exactly what we need, is for the game to come out. Uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, you know, you might want to pick up your socks and get going. <laughs> Alright, so next up we have Beastly Oddities with Axel the Beast. He wants to talk to us today about mythology in the Zelda series. Well hey there guys, welcome to Beastly Oddities. Uh, like usual, I'll be talking about an odd subject in the Zelda series, so probably something you haven't thought about that much or something you may not have noticed, or maybe it is something you have noticed and I'm just trying to convince myself that I'm the only one who's thought of this. Uh, particularly, we're going to be talking about mythology in Zelda. Now, I don't mean like in the story Z mythology, because then we'd be talking about Hylian religion or like Zan's little religion, you know, the Church of uh, Ganon or whatever. But no, we're talking about real world mythology in the Zelda series. So these are like mythical creatures or mythical concepts in Zelda. Particularly, I'm focused on the creatures, though. Um, <clears throat> I was going to start off by going over some of the uh, mythical references throughout the series that you may or may not have noticed, uh, you know, playing through the games. First up is the Linnels, or Linels, or however you want to pronounce that, um, from the original Legend of Zelda. They've also appeared in a lot of the other games in the series. Now, these are, if you know what I'm talking about, these are pro it's probably obvious to you that these are basically like centaur creatures. Now, Linels usually have uh, lion-like facial features, but it's still basically the centaur uh, body type. This is a good example of Nintendo, you know, basically uh, ripping off, or whatever whatever term you want to use, uh, copying a relig uh, uh, mythology idea, but also putting their own spin on it and turning it into their own creature, which I think is a great idea. Then in, the, like, the uh, second Zelda game, Zelda 2, you had the Thunderbird, which was, like, the second to final boss, and what was great about the Thunderbird is it kind of looks a little bit, I always thought it looked a little like the uh, Native American Indian chief kind of garb, and Thunderbird is actually a creature in Native American mythology. Uh, usually, if, you ever, if you've ever seen a Native American totem pole, well, that birdie on the top, that's a Thunderbird, so I don't really know how much of a reference this was supposed to be to the Thunderbird, but... Well, given the name and whatnot, I guess it would kind of have to be. And maybe I'm imagining the actual Indian look on the guy, but... 
Um, also, of course, uh, you're actually probably well aware of this one, but there's lots of dragons in the Zelda series too, like the Aquamentis and Gliok from the original Zelda game, and Gliok's also appeared throughout the series. Uh, Zelda 2 also had Barba, which is a mistranslation that, uh, and he's basically supposed to be Volvagia, like from Ocarina of Time, so Volvagia actually appeared as early as Zelda 2. Or at least probably didn't, if I've got my facts straight. And then, of course, you got Argorok, which, despite the rock, you know, suffix, which usually implies bird-like enemies, the Argorok uh, always seemed to look like a dragon. Everyone talks about it like it's a dragon. Speaking of the rock suffix, the rock is actually a mythical bird creature. I don't remember exactly which, uh, you know, like, religion or culture it was from, but yeah. Uh, R-O-C, spelled like that, is usually some kind of bird creature, and it's been consistently used in Zelda for bird creatures as well. I guess blin is a similar suffix in that it kind of means, you know, like goblins, or humanoid goblin-like creatures. Uh, that's at least what most fans have considered the name to mean, although the bulblins and bokoblins of the Zelda series are probably the most goblin-like of all the different blins that exist. It's so weird using these suffixes like they mean something, you know, non-geeky is saying Blin, like it's explaining it scientifically. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> the Hinox from A Link to the Past, and also in several other games in the series, uh, appears like this big guy wearing like leopard skin, or I don't remember if it was leopard skin, but that kind of style of clothing. And he's like got one eye, and he's this big muscular guy. They usually throw bombs, but uh, they seem to me at least to be very clearly based on the Oni, or Ogre, of Japanese mythology, in which there are these large... Uh, muscular guys with different skin colors than normal humans, and they usually wear clothing similar to the Hinox, so that would seem to be a reference to me. Of course, uh, not exactly an enemy, but A Link's Awakening had a mermaid, and so did Phantom Hourglass. They're the only two games that have mermaids in the series. You know, thinking of that in retrospect, um, they already draw, like, similarities between the two games because of the Windfish stuff. I won't spoil the game, but if you know what the uh, Windfish or Ocean King are, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, but the Mermaid, them being the only two games that I know of, having not played the Oracle games, I guess, uh, that have mermaids is also an interesting similarity. And of course there's Dark Link, another uh, first appeared in Zelda 2 and has been throughout the series, and I believe his Japanese name was Doppelganger, but I'm not sure, but he is essentially a doppelganger, that is, some kind of evil copy or evil mirror image of a person, so, yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Okay, here's an interesting one. You got Anubis from Ocarina of Time. These were fought in the Spirit Temple, I think, only. They may have appeared, I don't know, in the Gerudo Training Grounds, but I'm pretty sure they were only in the Spirit Temple. And there are basically these floating, like, you know, Egyptian Anubis statues. But, of course, Anubis is a mythical a god from the Egyptian, like, Egyptian mythology, religion, whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know... It's just a statue that breathes fire. I think it mimics your uh, actions and stuff, so you have to, like, control it around the room by moving yourself. But uh, it's interesting that it actually has the original name, which is it's just kind of intriguing. Um, and on that note, the Darknets in The Wind Waker also have Jackal or Anubis-like features, uh, so that's another interesting reference there to Anubis. Uh, the Oracle games had Medusa Head, which was the great uh, giant freaking, well, Medusa Head. The, the reference there is also obvious, Medusa of Greek mythology. And, uh, oh, here's a great one. The blue Stolfos of the Oracle games, uh, Gomez from Majora's Mask, the Reapling from uh, Phantom Hourglass, and both the Impo and Big Po from Twilight Princess all have traits or similarities to the Grim Reaper. So... Yeah, it's about all there is to say there. Big cloak guys with scythes, maybe lanterns, etc. 
uh, on that note, the Skull, Kida, and Giant Stolfos, you know, Giant Skeletal Enemies only brings to mind the only Giant Skeletal Enemy I know of from any mythology, and that would be the Gasha Dokuro from Japanese mythology, though that's probably not really an intended reference so much as just, hey, we've got a Giant Skeleton, what do you got? Uh, speaking of Majora's Mask, though, the Keaton guy, you know, the little fox dude who comes out of the bushes, or actually, you know, the masks uh, of Keaton are also references, so I guess he's an Ocarina of Time as well, it is clearly based off the, the Kitsune from Japanese mythology as well, because it's like a, it's a nine-tailed fox, usually comes on some kind of mystical spirit, uh, and also it has, uh, usually is depicted with a face like, you know, Kits like uh, Keaton, so that would seem to be another major reference to Japanese mythology, which, you know, makes sense, considering Zelda comes out of Japan. Uh, also, Vyres in uh, most some of the Zelda games, but they originate from the original one, tend to look like gargoyles or even just outright demons. And the mini blends in the Wind Waker <coughs> and also uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spear Tracks, they also resemble like little devils or imps, which is, you know, I mean, all the talk about, you know, Majora being the devil or whatever, or Ganon being the demon king, you know, it kind of, it's, uh, well, you have devils running around all over the place, so. I guess the uh, whole, uh, whole uh, biblical demon stuff is common in Hyrule. Anyway, uh, then of course there's the Yeti in Twilight Princess, which are just, you know, Yeti, but the Yuke in Phantom Hourglass are also pretty much just Yeti or Abominable Snowman. Uh, the ghost ship in both The Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass is just a classic, you know, seafaring tale. And also in Phantom Hourglass, the Cubist sisters that appear on the ghost ship, well, they just seem to be some kind of demonic, ghost, creepy little girl things. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but the name Cubist Sisters is kind of interesting because it brings to mind Incubus or Succubus, which are usually uh, demons that uh, seduce people and uh, steal their life force. The uh, female version being the Succubus and the male version being the Incubus. And I guess that sort of fits with uh, the Cubist Sisters, how they manipulate you, although they, although they don't you know, like, seduce Link or anything, although that'd be a lot creepier and also would probably up the rating of Phantom, Hour Phantom Hourglass. Um, of course, ghosts and Pose and all the other var various uh, spirit enemies in Zelda are obviously kind of mythology, mythol mythological, excuse me, as well. Well, I don't know if that counts as mythology, but, you know, kind of myth, you know, urban legend stuff. And also, there's a lot of rock monsters in Zelda of varying, like, appearances and designs, which, of course, it brings to mind uh, golems, you know, even though, like, I don't think any of them have ever used the name golem. And golems are like a Jewish myth of, uh, like, a creature that could be created to protect people. I think there was supposed to be this famous case of a golem that protected a town or something. By famous, I mean famous within the mythology, of course. Um, <clears throat> two odder ones that uh, I don't have as much, you know, to say about is uh, Jalhalla in the Wind Waker is the giant Poe boss of the Earth Temple, but what's odd about him is the name, Jalhalla. It sounds exactly like Valhalla of Norse mythology, which is the afterlife reserved for warriors, but that's obviously not, you know, can't really be anything serious there, but still, it's an interesting, you know, name similarity. Uh, I always, it always stuck out to me. And also, the golden statue boss we've seen in the Skyward Sword trailer, uh, the, on, the other staff on Zelda Dungeon called it Ravana, based on some kind of, like, religious, uh, mythological god or character or whatever. But being that that's, like, Indian mythology or something closely related, I, I don't know much about that because I'm not, um, 
I, I, I've never understood those one, that mythology that easily, but yeah, so uh, he apparently resembles Ravana, so you can look that up if you want. <laughs> Even aside from the mythological creatures, there's a lot of references in Zelda to like existing creature concepts that aren't exactly mythology, but rather just... Uh, you know, folk tales are. I think I went over a couple of ones that are folk tales, but even just, uh, you know, like tropes in the fantasy genre or whatnot. I've discussed this in videos before, but of course, you know, Zelda has its, uh, it's got a lot of undead and skeletons and zombies and stuff from, you know, like that's just the standard thing you see in fantasy these days. Uh, the Zoras, the River Zora, well, not the Zoras, but you like the old Zoras from the, the enemies from the original games, like the River Zoras, and also the Geozards in the DS games, which are basically kind of like Zoras. Uh, they all resemble stereotypical depictions of sea monsters, and uh, of course Zelda always has giant spiders up the wazoo, and of course freaking eyeballs! Freaking eyeballs all over the place. There's just tons of eyeballs. I also discussed that in its own video, just about eyeballs. Um, and then of course there's a couple interesting... Uh, here's like two last ones to note, but the Dodongo is in a way, uh, you know, it's a dinosaur, and that's not mythology, it's a real creature. But in a way, it's also an inaccurate depiction because it, it's kind of become a popular theory at this point that most dinosaurs actually had, like, feathers or fur. They didn't just cover it in scales like normal lizards. So it's sort of like an inaccurate depiction, maybe. No, not really. I guess it's just a original creature. Anyway, um, and the big Octo from, you know, the Wind Waker, the giant freaking... Octoroks, whatever the hell he wanted, those are supposed to be. They uh, may be intended as a reference to the giant squids, you know, which are also, again, real creatures that probably, or at least possibly still exist, just in deep sea. And, uh, in an, I don't know, the whole Octo name would seem to imply otherwise, but then again, the shape of the big Octo is more squid-like, so I don't really know what they were going with there. So, yeah, that's about all the mythological creatures that I could come up with, well, mythological or close to mythological, that I could come up with uh, while going through the lists of enemies and whatnot. I'm sure there probably are a couple other ones that are likely more obscure references. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out, because there's some interesting stuff in there. And uh, feel free, of course, to look up some of the creatures I mentioned, because uh, it's interesting to read about creatures that Zelda creatures were obviously based on. Uh, in summary, I think Zelda should always focus on making up its own creatures, but having ones based off mythology, or at least inspired by it, I think that's fine. I mean, they don't need to keep the same names either, even if they do use them, but just use the general idea of an existing creature and give it a new name along with their own spin on it. They can create creatures while, you know, basing them off mythology. And uh, even if they are going to just use outright mythology and even keep the name, they can still make it original and make it fit in the world. In particular, I have a list of favorite creatures that haven't already appeared in Zelda. I mean, they have a pretty nice list of creatures that they've already referenced in Zelda. But there's a couple ones I really like that I'd love them to use, like the Nuklavi, which is a, uh, it's a traditional um, kind of fairy creature from, I think, Scottish folklore. And realize that fairy in, like, old mythology didn't just mean, like, lovely little flying bug-winged chick, chick who has uh, beneficial powers. In fact, fairy was generally just a broad term for, uh, you know, spirit creatures, which would be interesting to see in a Zelda game, just a broad kind of variety of spirit creatures. But the Nuklavi in particular was basically a skinless monster with, like, uh, it's, a, it's a human fused into the back of a horse and the horse and the human are skinless. They both have, like, one eye, long arms, and and humongous clawed hands, and they, like, breathe poison 
I think it was called Mordachine. And, uh, yeah, and it comes from the water. That's uh, probably a little gruesome, but, you know, they could tone it down. Another favorite is the Draugr, which is kind of undead, that basically, I don't remember all the details, but it had, like, this hilarious list of, like, specific ways you could hurt it, what it did, what its, uh, what its abilities were, and one of the things, I believe, was that you could not hurt it with weapons, but you had to overpower it and force it back into its grave, which just screams interesting boss battle. And, of course, you know, we always could use some more undead creatures in Zelda. And then uh, the Chimera has always been a favorite, and it's just a mishmash of, like, uh, lion, goat, snake, bird, whatnot, into one creature. And that idea of just mashing creatures together is just a great concept for Zelda in general, and, you know, that's cool. I'd also, like, it'd be interesting to see more Japanese mythical creatures put into Zelda. I mean, not all of them would necessarily fit the theme of Zelda, but, you know, it'd just be cool to see some of the... Uh, some of the ones that do, or uh, variants, uh, perhaps heavy variants, on the ones that don't necessarily exactly fit, and see them try to work them into Zelda, because Japanese mythology is pretty interesting. I mean, what with the, the, the fish turtle monster thing that has like a bowl depression in its head that it keeps its water in, and it loses its power if you knock the water out of its bowl, or the, uh, the, the large weasels with sickle blades for arms, you know. There's some interesting stuff in Japanese mythology, should they choose to use it. Uh, Alright guys, I guess that's all I've got. Uh, definitely a lot of interesting mythological references in Zelda, and given that it's a fantasy game, you know, it makes sense that they'd have a lot of references to mythology, so, you know, going over it and looking over all of them, it's interesting to see more. Uh, be sure to let me know if you, like, come up with any ones that aren't, that I didn't think of, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got, so I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, Axel, for your submission. Lots of good things to think about, hey? You know what? There's always small things in the Zelda universe that I don't think about until they're brought up by somebody, and that kind of warps my mind. <laughs> For sure. Alright, our next section is Din and Rish's mailbag. <laughs> Sorry we didn't have a mailbag last podcast, but we're here to do... One, and we'll try to make it a little bigger for you guys to compensate for last month. And uh, something new that we're doing this time is we got some uh, submissions, some voice submissions for mailbag questions. So we're actually going to put those ones up first, answer those, and then we'll go to some of the emails that we received. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So our first question, actually our first two questions, come from Link. From Link himself. Well, that's what it says. It says, it says from Link, so I'm going to guess that it's from Link. All right, well, let's hear the first one and see what it's about. Okay. Hey, Din and Rish, this is Link. I was wondering if you thought that the uh, spiritual stone's origins might be introduced in Skyward Sword. Thanks for your question, Link. So what do you think, Rish? You know what I think? I think, I mean... It is a possibility. There's always possibilities of anything in The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, but... Anything. I mean, Dodongos just look like dinosaurs. Anything can happen in the Zelda universe. Okay, I'll give you that. So, what do you think of the spiritual stones? It's possible, but I don't believe we're going to delve into the origins of the stones quite as readily as uh, some people would hope. Yeah. I... I think it's also a possibility, but 
I think I believe it's more of a possibility than Rish believes it's a possibility. I don't think we'll see um, their origins, but we may see them. I think if we're if we're doing the whole, this is how Hyrule became peaceful, the spiritual stones do play a part in that. So I'm not discounting it, but I don't know that we're going that far back. I'd have to agree with you on that part. Okay, and Link has a second question, so let's go to that one. Hey, Din and Rish. Link here. I was wondering if we'd get to see the Gorons and the Zoras in Zelda's Skyward Sword. Considering that we didn't get to see them in Wind Waker at all, except as a, except the Zora as a ghost of a sage of the either Wind or Earth Temple. I can't remember which. But anyways, just wondering... Since we didn't get to see either of them in Phantom Hourglass, or, uh, we didn't get to see the Zoras in Spirit Tracks either, matter of fact. Hmm. Well, just wanted to know what you thought about this. Skyward Sword's the biggest discussion topic. Woo! Um. <laughs> no surprise there. No, absolutely not. It's, well, it's exciting stuff. Um, I think that um i'm not very good at timeline stuff i've said that before but as the way i'd see it wind waker and spirit tracks and um phantom hourglass the one the one the ones you named that we didn't see uh zoras and gorons in um come much later like as far as i unconcerned after we've seen them and I mean, I do believe we actually there actually were Gorons in uh, Wind Waker. There was only a couple, but they were, I think, they're pretty sure they were merchants. But anyway, and the Zora evolved into the Rito, which as I don't even want to get into that. But I think it's very possible that we'll see them, because if, because Skyward Sword is before the Flood and Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, I think we will they have more potential to be in a game that's a precursor. You know what? Personally, I have to say, I think that we will see the Gorons and the Zora, or we will see some type of precursor race to each of them. Oh, we're going to see evolution. <laughs> That'll make me a little excited. <laughs> oh, here we go. Hopefully we won't have too much discussion between the Church of Zelda and the Zelda scientists. Hey, I'm a biologist. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and for the last voice submissions, we actually have two that came in. And they're very similar, so we're actually going to play them back-to-back -back for you guys. And then we're going to answer them both together. They're slightly different, so we still think we should play them both. And we're happy that people sent us some voice submissions. So we have, um, one of them's from Migo7, and the other one is from Peckingbird. Hey Din, hey Rish, it's Migo here. My question to you guys today is, if you could be any race from any of the Zelda games, which one would you be and why? Hello, Peckingbird here. Um, my question today is, if you were in the world of the Legend of Zelda, what would you be? For example, I'd be a forestman-ish because I just like their tails and their funky hats, you know. Um, and what would you do as well? So, that, kind of two questions in one. Thank you. 
He didn't. Guess what? What? We're famous. What do you mean we're famous? Are we We've gonna... got two questions from people across the ocean. Because we love famous. them and they love us. Fair enough. Anyway, okay. on to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so the questions were, what race would we be? Why we would choose that race? And what would we do? That's a pretty tough one, actually. You know what? There's a lot of cool races in the world, and some of which I haven't gotten to experience because I haven't played certain Zelda games yet. Oh, pick me! Pick me! <laughs> uh, I believe Din has an answer, though. I would be a Gerudo, or Gerudo, however you want to pronounce it. Oh, here we go with the pronunciations. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I would be a Gerudo. You're just choosing them because they're female warriors. And because they don't need men for anything. Migo, there's my why. <laughs> oh, oh, and what would you do? I would kick butt. That's what I would do. I would be one of the, the fighters. And I would... Any men that come in the fortress, I would kick their butts and throw them in prison. I see. Well, you know what? And in alternate dimensions, I would be a pirate. <laughs> well, you know what? I would be Hylian. Why would I be Hylian? The why has to do with the do. Hylians can do anything in the end. That's true. They are the most versatile race, I believe, in The Legend of Zelda in the entire... I'm absolutely amazed you didn't pick what I thought you were going to pick. What did you think I was going to pick? Sheikah, because maybe that's kind of what you are. Well, you you know what? I could choose that, but they're 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 a dying race. You could make them but a not dying race. You know what, Shiaka? Maybe they are just Hylians, but not. I don't think they well, are. You know what? I'm not going to get in this argument with you, though. Not on the air, anyways. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Next question. All right. So we're going to move on to the questions that we get through our email address. Uh, the first one comes from Squirrel Guys, and he asks, What game are you all most excited about on the 3DS, besides Ocarina of Time? So, he's obviously taken out the number one answer, so we've got some problems here. I don't know, Din, what do you think? There's other games being released for the 3DS? Yes, it's not a standalone <laughs> console for Ocarina of Time. Uh, I don't know, I'd probably pick... Um... The Master Quest, which is probably a cheap answer because it's part of the over and no time period. Yeah, that, that so, doesn't count. So I pick Resident Evil. <laughs> That's not fair because that was my answer. Well, yeah, because we play Resident Evil a lot, <laughs> all the time. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to our next question. Our next question comes from Cannibal Bride, and they have. A couple questions. Do you prefer to play Zelda on their original consoles they were released on, or just whatever you have them on? Reasons? This is the biggest issue for me. Din, yeah, not a huge fan of playing on the different consoles. Ports are the dumbest thing in the world. I don't know who made that Din. up. Din, then deep breath. Maybe some of us don't have the systems that I the games know. had originally come on. eBay! eBay! Not everyone has the money for eBay. I know. I don't have the money for eBay. Are you kidding? Anyway, <laughs> next question. 
Or do you have an opinion? I guess I should. I was going to say, I'm generally okay with any of them due to the fact that I have access to a Nintendo Wii and a Nintendo DS and now a 3DS. And yeah. I guess my biggest reason, Cannibal Bride, is that um, the controls are not set up for the way they are intended to be. Um, the game doesn't run on the mechanics it was designed to be run on, and that bothers me. That's my reason. There you go. Alright, so the next question she asks is, do you play Minecraft? Have you seen what Zelda fans have recreated on it? And she also states that there's a lot of amazing stuff if you look it up. Now, I have played Minecraft. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Minecraft. Please don't flame me. But, I mean, I've played around with it, but I haven't actually sat down to do a lot with it. And I personally haven't searched up a lot of the Zelda stuff that people have made. But I've heard of some of the crazy stuff people can come up with. I've never played it, um, but I have seen the Kikiri Forest rendering that was done. And I thought it was really, I mean, it was a little boxy, but I heard that's what Minecraft is. It's just so. like Lego. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought it was brilliant, and uh, I think it's a really good idea. Next question from her is, um, do you find the character of Tingle overdone and annoying? Do you think Nintendo will use the character or likeness in Skyward Sword? This is a bit of a heated issue between Rish and I. <clears throat> I love Tingle. I think he's fantastic. I think he's funny. I think he's a really good clowning character. Anybody who's taken drama courses will know what I'm talking about with that. And uh, I love him. I think he adds dynamic character to the games that he's in. Um, and I think he's fantastic. Rish, on the other hand. I can't argue with you on how he's dynamic and whatnot, because he is. But I also believe that if he throws glitter at me one more time, I'm going to have to pop his little balloon when he's over top of a cliff face. I don't even understand why you can't stand him. You know what? I don't know what it is either, exactly. He just drives me up the wall. Did you read the article that the Green posted? This was several months oh, ago now. the one that says, we are Tingle? Yeah. I am not Tingle. That's why you don't like him. I'm not Tingle. You don't like him because you think that Nintendo's trying to impose this character on you. <laughs> you know what? I'm not willing to discuss this right now because I am not Tingle. For those of you who don't know what article I'm talking about, the Green posted an article several months ago um, from Zelda Informer. And uh, you can go back through the ZD archives and find it, I'm sure. All right, and the very last question... Oh, no, we're not done with that question. Oh. Do you think that character will be in Skyward Sword? No. I don't either. Flat out, no. I'm a no on that one, too. I really am. I'll be surprised if we see him. I'll be happy, but I'll uh. be surprised. I don't think that he's, uh, he's a precursor character for the land of Hyrule. I just flat out no. Period. You know, and his first his first game was an alternate universe, so Ugh, confusing. Anyway. Anyways, the very last question, sorry, from her is can you explain the psychological link between Princess Zelda and Tetra? So I'm gonna pass that one off to the psychology major. Oh thanks. You're welcome. Um, you know what? I don't I can't even really explain. I think it's more of it is Zelda, but she's just choosing to be someone else. 
Yeah. Almost as if she's trying to hide out the fact that she's Zelda, but everybody seems to know it. I don't think she likes um, being the princess. It's the classic, I'm the rich kid, but I'm going to pretend to be the poor kid so everybody treats me normal ploy. Yeah. So, sure. honestly, that's my opinion. I don't think that uh, there's much to discuss about it. But I'll look into it more, and if I've got something more for it, then we'll revisit it. Alright. Our next question comes from Zelda Music Lover. And he asks, If you could have any ocarina song learned and used in real life, what song would you choose? Example, the Song of Storms would literally create a storm in the middle of your house if you played it indoors. You know what? That's a really good question. And there's a lot of good songs out there. There is. This is really hard, actually, to only choose one. Well, what would you choose? I don't know. I guess I would probably choose... um, I'd be a sap, and I'd choose, like, the song of healing, and, uh, heal people's broken hearts and people's problems. Aww. Or I'd choose the song of time and manipulate time and do whatever I wanted and, like, have extra days to study for exams. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably go with the song of time or potentially... You know what? It, it is really, really hard. Maybe the Scarecrow song. Just because I want to dance with that Scarecrow. Dancing I mean, scarecrow. he he's pretty cool. He's sweet. Well, and then you got all, like, all the warp songs. I mean, if you could get a warp song, it would actually take you there, then... <laughs> I want to go to the forest. I'd, like, warp to the Temple of Time. Guess what? I'm in Hyrule now. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your question. So that's all we have time for for questions today, Um, but we have lots to go through, but we always want more, and we were so excited to receive some of those voice questions. So So keep sending those ones in. We definitely want lots of voice submissions, but we still want lots of uh, email submissions as well, so click on the link below for our email and send us some more. Sounds like a good plan. Let's move on to our next section of the podcast. Next up on the podcast, we have a submission from someone we haven't heard from before. Um, This is Zelda Music Lover. And he's going to be talking about, surprise, surprise, music in the Legend of Zelda series. Didn't see that one coming. Let's go straight to it. Hey there, this is Zelda Music Lover, and I'm here to talk about music in Zelda. Shocking, right? Anyway, on to the topic of music. Now, we have all heard that classic tune from the games. Now, if you haven't, what rock have you been living under? I'm not, but uh, today I'm not talking about that type of music. Today I'm talking about that game element that involves music. If you guessed music instruments, then you are correct. First of all, how many games have music instruments? Well, that kind of depends on what you think. It depends from 10 to 12. You can... How is it 10 to 12? Well, 10 if you don't count the Wind Waker and Howling in Wolf form, 12 if you do. I personally think that they do. If you think differently than me, let me know in the comments. Anyway, let's get back to the games. So my next question is, what importance does this musical element play? Well, it has a lot of importance. For example, one importance is it makes the gameplay a little easier. How, how so, you ask? Just think. Of all the warp songs in Legend of Zelda, 
Ocarina of Time, and Manjura's Mask. I think just running around everywhere would be a pain in the butt. That's why they have warp songs to get you from temple to temple a bit faster. Uh, let's see here. Another example is to make the storyline move along. Just think. If you didn't have Zelda's Lullaby or Sierra Song or the Song of Time, try getting to the Temple of Time, Zora's Domain, or freeing yourself from their imprisoned mask in Manjura's Mask. And finally, the last type of element that it has, it adds a dynamic element or opens new areas in a way. Songs include Epona Song, Song of Storms, and the Sun Song. This can be seen with the Gold Skatulas and the Sun Song. When you're going into a town and it needs to be night but it's day, just play the Sun Song and you'll be right back where you were just night. You don't have to go outside, run around Hyrule Field until the sun goes down. Much easier, right? Okay, now that we defined what games have music instruments and what the music instruments do, I think it's time that we discuss how other games incorporate music instruments into their games. Now, I've mainly touched on Ocarina of Time because, well, think about it. The game is named Ocarina of Time. It's about the Ocarina of Time. Can that get any more simply shown? I think not. Now, anyway, the next game I want to talk about is Oracle of Ages. That's the next game with a big instrument thing going on. Why? Well, you have the Harp of Ages. That's a big quest item you have that lets you go from forward to from the future to the past or from the past to the future. Now, if that's me, that's a big major item like the Ocarina of Time. Besides that, you even get a secondary instrument in that game. You get a flute to call your animal friend, such as Moosh, Demeter, or Rocky, to help you along in your quest. I think that's pretty useful that you have two instruments in that game, so I think that's a big importance there. Now that we've talked about Oracle of Ages, now it's time we go to Spirit Tracks. Why Spirit Tracks? Well, you got the... Well, you have the big instrument called the Spirit Flute. Shocking, isn't it? Spirit Flute, Spirit Tracks, think there's a correlation? I think so. I think this game is the best with the music instrument because you actually dynamically play it using your breath on the microphone of the DS while, and you move the stylus to whatever note you need. And I think that's really cool that you're actually playing the instrument yourself, unlike in Ocarina of Time, Manjura's Mask, where you're just pushing C, A, the C buttons and the A button to play the notes. Now, Spirit Tracks falls under the point of that it unlocks new areas in a way because when you you go and play a duet to unlock the new tracks of that area uh, to beat the new dungeon and you play a duet with another instrument while dynamically playing both. So that falls under the category of you're using an instrument to play another part of the game. And it's not just moving the storyline, it's actually in a two forms too. Now the other Zelda games such as The Legend of Zelda, Adventure of Link, Link's Awakening, and so forth, the musical instrument, although it's present, plays a really minor role because you have the flute or the ocarina that only helps you in a small way without doing a lot. Unlike Spirit Tracks, Ocarina of Time, Manjura's Mask, slash Oracle of Ages if you really want to count it. Now, Lastly, I really want to discuss how people could count the Wind Waker and Howling in Wolf form can be an instrument. In Howling, you sing, you're using a voice, and in music, a voice is an instrument, which you have a range and going loud, so that can count as an instrument, although you're an animal and it's kind of silly sounding, but I count that as an instrument. Now, the Wind Waker, that's a bit of a stretch. In a bit because 
what does what is a wind waker it's a baton and you're conducting people but as you see when it's pop when you get it the king of hyrule used to use this to conduct people in prayer to the goddesses so that is a way of a musical instrument you're conducting voices so there's a music instrument itself now although people won't really count these as instruments i do and i think that's cool that i do and you can have a total problem with it like i said earlier let me know in the comments and this is zelda music lover talking about musical instruments in zelda thank you for your submission zelda music lover you know what it is a pretty intense debate whether or not things like the wolf howl are in fact instruments per se you know i don't think i'd call it an instrument but i definitely think it's valid musical input into the game yeah, Din, but you know what? It's not actually an instrument. I know, but you're still using the songs for a purpose. I guess it is t different tones and... Yeah, no, for sure. I would count it. Uh, I'm still on the fence about that, whether or not I would count it. Alright. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Keaton Quiz. We have a quiz lined up for you this month, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. So this time we have our returning champion, still returning champion, Yay! Cinnamon! Hi everyone. And her opponent this time is Zelda Music Lover. Yo, what's up? Just to clarify the rules for anyone who hasn't listened to the Keaton Quiz before. You will be asked a question from one of two categories, The Legend of Zelda or Zelda Dungeon. You must buzz in to answer the question. We will call whoever buzzed in first to answer. You have 15 seconds to answer. If you hesitate too long or answer incorrectly, you will hear this sound. And your opponent will get a chance to steal. If neither of you buzz in within 15 seconds, the question will be discarded. If you buzz in before the question has been read in its entirety, you will not be read the remainder of the question. In the event of a steal, the question will be reread. Correct answers will be indicated by this sound, and you will be awarded a point. There are 10 questions you need six to win. The winner will move on to the next round of the Keaton quiz and will be challenged by a different opponent. So could I have you please both demonstrate your buzz-in sounds? So Cinnamon is using her bell, and Music Lover is using... Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic! What is that? That's my bassoon read. That's great! Okay! Awesome! Good stuff! Good luck! I've been doing this long enough. Please try to win. <laughs> well, I will win. Ooh, I guess Cinnamon's getting sick and tired of staying up late to do this. I guess so. Alright. Are you both ready to begin? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Alright. So, question number one. Category, The Legend of Zelda. What is the name of Anju's father in Majora's Mask? Starting off with the hard questions. Oh, geez. Come on, somebody try something. Five more seconds. 
Something. Come on, guys. Anything. No. Question lost. Okay, question number two. Category, The Legend of Zelda. In which two games can you use the Bow Wow to attack enemies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Music lover? Um, I believe it's Link's Awakening. Adventure, no, yes, Link's Awakening. And, oh shoot, which one? You're almost out of time! Uh, um, I have a, something. Oh, okay, Cinnamon gets a chance to steal. Cinnamon? I, I actually only know Link's Awakening, so I am just going to completely throw another random game name out there and say, uh, A Link to the Past. That is also incorrect. Question number three. Category, The Legend of Zelda. What is the title of the boss, Gleok, from Phantom Hourglass? This is another hard question. I got all hard questions first. <laughs> yeah, why do you keep, like, challenging us like this? It's way too late at night, let me think. Somebody try. Gonna run out of time, guys. Three seconds. Okay, Cinnamon? For the sake of entertainment, I'm going to see the double-headed elemental dragons of doom. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite! <laughs> and a chance for the steal for Zelda Music Lover? Um... What is the title of the boss Gleok from Phantom Hourglass? Twin Dragon? You guys were both close, but... <laughs> Really, really right, that close. was close. I just completely made that up off the top of my head. <laughs> and you, you know what? Right it was close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number four. Category Zelda Dungeon. How many years old is Zelda Dungeon? Cinnamon? Ten. What? No, no. No. Because so, we're not past that date. No, yet. I was like, do we have the date wrong? Uh, no. You're close. <laughs> Did she really wanted that specific? Wow. Um, music lover, how many years old is Zelda Dungeon? Nine. First point! Yay. <laughs> we are nine years old. We will be ten years old as of August. That's in what, three months? August 9th, to be exact. <laughs> okay, two and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Question number five. Category, The Legend of Zelda. Where is the place that the giants departed from to sleep prior to the events of Majora's Mask? <laughs> Music lover. The clock tower. Two points! Oh, he's getting up on the points now. All right. Question number six. The legend, category, The Legend of Zelda. How many Force Gems are there to collect in Spirit Tracks? Cinnamon? I'm not entirely certain why, but the first number to pop into my head is 22. That's incorrect. Music lover, you get a chance for a steal. How many Force Gems are there to collect in Spirit Tracks? 27. Those are both incorrect, but you guys were close. You had the right first number. 
Always close, never quite there. Always close. Okay, question number seven. Category, Zelda Dungeon. Where can you voice concerns and give suggestions to the staff at Zelda Dungeon about improving the site? Cinnamon. Are you talking about the suggestions thread? The official Zelda Dungeon suggestions thread? We are. Cinnamon's on the board. I, yay, working her way yay. back up. So Cinnamon's got one and Music Lover has two. Question number eight. Category, Legend of Zelda. In the Adventure of Link, where is the fire spell found? That's dead airspace. I don't think that they're enjoying <laughs> this question too much. Take a wild guess. Rish, I hate you. <laughs> okay, that is... <laughs> <laughs> right, Out of time. Alright, that question's gone. <laughs> Sin gets a penalty for saying she no, hates she me. No, she doesn't. Fine. You made that question, that's why she hates you. Okay, <laughs> question number nine. Category, The Legend of Zelda. In The Wind Waker, who is the ancient guardian of the Tower of the Gods? I did not make this question. You cannot blame me for this one. I made this question. I think you did. Oh, music lover? I don't know, remember the exact name of the boss, but I, it's that guy where you shoot the arrows at the eyeballs in his hands and then you throw bombs in his mouth. Well, take a wild guess at the name. I need the That's name. That's what we need. Guardian of the Tower of the Gods? <laughs> <laughs> Not his occupation, his name. <laughs> so Sin, would you like to try to steal? In the Wind Waker, who is the ancient guardian of the Tower of the Gods? Stone Bongo Bongo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but it's not correct. Okay. Stone Bongo Bongo is not a correct answer. Okay, last question. Category, Zelda Dungeon. What program do the staff at Zelda Dungeon and Forum Community use to communicate efficiently? Oh. I heard Sin first. Cinnamon? I do hope you're talking about Skype. We are talking about Skype! Our we first have tie a tie! Game. Our first tie game! Hang on! Oh no! Alright, for everyone listening, um, in the event of a tie, our contestants will be asked consecutive, fast-paced questions about Din and Rish. And the first correct answer will win the game. In this round, there are no steals. So the two of you, this is kind of like a lightning round, all right? All right. So I'm gonna ask you questions, and if you hesitate really for very long at all, I'm just gonna ask the next question, okay? All right. All righty. Are, are you, you ready? ready? Mm-hmm. I think so. Question okay. number one. What is Din's favorite color? Cinnamon? I'm just gonna throw out red. That's correct! Oh, and Cinnamon <laughs> wins! Cinnamon keeps her title! <laughs> How did that even happen? That was the first that one! That was the first one! I was what? like, just assumed in fire red. Touche. You're right. Wow. <laughs> you know Din. Well, I know Din. 
Cinnamon is still our reigning champ. We're sorry, Zelda music lover. You valiant, you valiantly we? tried. <laughs> blah blah blah. You were even out front for a while. You were oh, out no. front for quite a while, right until that last question, and then Sin just snuck right back in there. I know. I, I had the here. answer too. Oh. oh. <laughs> now I feel kind of bad. <laughs> well, it was a good game, guys. <sighs> so we'd like to thank both of you guys for being on the Keaton Quiz. Thank you again, Cinnamon. Thank you, too. And we'll see you next time. And thank you, Zelda music lover. No problem. We appreciated having you. Alright guys, well thanks again for hanging out with us here on Z Talk. We had fun, and we hope you guys had fun listening. But we don't want you to only have fun listening, we want you to have fun hanging out with us. And participating, so we're always looking for more mailbag questions for us to come in, either through normal email, through the texts, or... Through voice. Um, you heard a couple voice submissions for mailbag questions today. That's exactly what we're looking for. So you can just record your, vi your voice, your name, and your question, and send it to us. Also, we're looking for more contestants for the Keaton Quiz. Cinnamon can be beat, guys. You can do it. You know what? We've had a lot of close calls on it, so just keep sending us your name, and we'll get you on the list to be on the Keaton Quiz as well. Something very important we want to stress. If you have been on the Keaton Quiz already, you can go again. It doesn't mean that just because you've been on the quiz that you can't try again. Um, you still have to send your name to us, and you'll be put at the bottom of the list, but uh, if you want to go again, you're more than welcome. Also, if you want to uh, express your opinion on ZTalk, like you've heard many people do in the past, you can send us a submission about a topic of your choice and uh, tell us what you think. And for all of this, guys, you guys can contact us either at our email, dinandrish at gmail.com, or... You can uh, find us on the Zelda Dungeon forums and uh, message us there. But um, we also want to know what you guys thought of the topics expressed in this podcast or what you thought the answers to the Keaton Quiz questions were. So you can let us know all of that below in the comments section on the Zelda Dungeon page. Anyways, that's all for today. This is Din. And this is Rish. And this was Z Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast. Thanks for listening.